This is the Believe Crew Podcast, and the business is you. Being an entrepreneur, no matter what stage of the journey, requires personal growth to sustain your success and create the ultimate life of abundance. I'm Jamie White, founder of Believe Crew and your host. Join me as I interview coaches, entrepreneurs, and authors that inspire us to go where they have gone. Be inspired today to grow and be the best you. I am so excited to have Lori Kosinick. Do I did I say that right? Yep, you sure did. Awesome. Joining me on the podcast today. And Lori wrote a book that has changed my life and many of those that I know. And I'm excited to have her um, tell us a little bit more about how the book came to be and who she is. So Lori, are you able to tell us a little bit more about the story behind how the book got written and where you are coming from today? For sure. Thank you so much, Jamie, for having me on. This is an honor for me. Um, yeah, so Lori Kostinick is my name, and I'm I'm basically a mom. I'm a, a wife. I'm a business owner, and now I am an author. And so we've, yeah, so we've come through a fair little bit in the last maybe five years and which has totally uh, changed the way I go through life now. It's totally changed my thought process from what we have learned. And yeah, so our son, our baby, we have four children. And so Trent is our youngest and he, he went through some crazy times in his um, teens. And he's, it was just quite a, a struggle because we could not figure it out. We, he was uh, popular at school. He was attractive, you could say. The girls thought he was anyways. And he was confident. He had great at school because marks were great. And then all of a sudden, he just crumbled. And we could not figure this out. And we were determined we were going to figure it out if it was the last thing we do. And we let him know that he is not alone in this and that we would try, we would uh, not rest until it was figured out. And the interesting part is um, what we have learned through our journey is that uh, where he got his help was, you could say, from tapping into the universal energy laws. And yet I knew that somehow, somewhere, this had to be in the Bible too. I am a Christian mom uh, all my life, mom, wife. Uh, I was a child, we were uh, Christians and I was a Christian and it, it was really what I, all I knew and yet I couldn't figure this out. And I thought, well, why would God allow this? Why would he allow my son to go through this torment? And so I searched the scriptures after we, we figured out. And it was all there in the Bible. So the purpose of me writing this book is to bridge that gap between the energy world and the biblical um, language. So it's two different languages, 
But what we have come to understand is that it's exactly the same thing because God created these energy laws and he created them for us to tap into. So, yeah, that's that's kind of my story in a nutshell. I love what you're pointing out and the mission that you're on. You know, I've gotten to the point of saying that I describe myself as Christian woo-woo because I don't know how else to say, like... (laughs) we're bridging two things that have been kind of kept separate and the, the work that we've done in the energy field, because I was kind of in the same place as you, I'd been Christian my entire life and, um, felt like I was running into things, running into walls that I didn't understand why they were there. And even as I started to grow as a person and develop, um, personally, I was in a cycle that I couldn't seem to get out of. And I just couldn't understand. Um, and part of that was that my husband was an addict. And even if he was in, you know, like close to recovery or getting into that, like where he wanted to recover, we still couldn't get through some of that. And then as we tapped into some of the energy stuff, it just sped up the process, opened up new opportunities. And I I was like, I'm not going back. And then the more we looked in the scriptures, the more we're like, how did we miss this the first time? Exactly. (laughs) I'm like, it's been there the whole time. Yes, that is exactly. And that is really what has happened, Jamie, is, is I've looked, now I look at verses or even Jesus words with a, in a deeper way. And, but yet it's very simple. It's, what I think what happens with the Christian community is we tend to spiritualize everything when really Jesus meant it in the literal way, like ask, believe that you've received it and then it shall be yours. I so love, you have to ask with that belief. Yeah. I love when you talk about unwavering faith, you know, like the, the level that I'd been praying before was like, help me Lord. I hope you can, you know, like, where do you want me? But I'm not really sure how to listen. <laughs> yes. And then moving into this, like just knowing and complete unwavering faith of like, okay, if I, if I can't ask an unwavering faith, then I need to do a little bit more digging and get to a different point myself. And so I, I love the, um, the way that you really bring that out just to be able to, to in unwavering faith. Mm-hmm. Well, we, and, and that's the thing is you, we have to learn small, like faith does begin as a grain of mustard seed. So it, even, even trusting in the smaller things and seeing those manifest and then the cycle of giving gratitude and living in that place of gratitude, which gives us confidence to, to maybe ask for something more bold or to request um, or thank God. In my book, I, I, I say that quite a bit is sometimes the greatest way, the most powerful way of asking is thanking God for what you're asking for, as if you've already received it. I mean, that's Mark 11 and 24. And, and it's powerful when you can move through life with that, that liberation of knowing that it's all taken care of. And now when there's a a struggle that comes up, even in an everyday life, or if, um, if something comes up and the kids will, will send me a text or, Hey, say, they'll say, Hey mom, 
can you send me good vibes? I've got this to do, or I've got this to do today, or this has come up. I'll just do that. And I'll, I'll just say, God, Father, I leave this in your hands. Please, thank you for taking care of it. And it's just a liberation, knowing that I don't have to fret about it. If it's the best thing will show up. And I, I totally believe that. When we leave it with him, the best thing will show up. It's It's been a um, very interesting journey for my family personally, as Kevin and I have stepped into really believing that it's going to be good and that whatever God has planned, it's going to be good, even if we don't know and understand it. And so we're definitely in the yeah. middle of that um, on a regular basis. And what did you find? You mentioned your kids again. Did all of your kids embrace it? Like what ended up happening in the shift in your family? How, how old was everybody when this started to happen? Because I'm, I know, you know, how it's changed our lives and how we talk to each other. It's different, <laughs> you know? Yes. Oh, and we catch each other too, saying something that's is maybe saying negative. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, my kids don't let me get by with anything anymore. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and even just that, uh, that language totally changes our thought process and it creates new brain paths in our brain so that we, that becomes automatic then the new way of speaking, but yes, how did it change our family? Okay. So, so are the youngest, um, I think I've said his name, Trent, I, I think he'd be okay with this. Um, uh, he was 18 when you could say the crisis came and uh, that's a decade ago now. It's hard to believe. But uh, when the crisis came, he was 18. And yes, it affected his, he's a twin. So there's another one just like him. <laughs> no, his twin is very different. Um, but for sure, it affected his twin. And um, all of us, there's two other siblings besides the twins. And, and my husband, Orland's first response when this all took place is, well, pull up your socks and get over it. That was right. kind of his first response, like be a man. This is, right. this is just deal with it, get over it. But we've learned that it wasn't that easy. It takes work. It takes belief. It takes different, it takes, uh, new thought patterns. It takes a new language. It takes a new belief system, a new belief system, which is huge. Um, there's a verse that says, as a man thinks, so is he. So you've got to change the way you think about yourself. And it's not just saying the words, but you have to believe, you have to believe. And so it's, it was a process at first. My first thought was, okay, well, you know, we knew we weren't into the big pharma or, you know, medicating. Um, but I, I, I want to clarify that though, because um, even as a disclaimer, um, he needed that to, to begin with, to get him to a base level where he could then begin to, um, developed these new brain patterns, developed this new language, this new belief system, this faith. Um, so 
And what he found too is, I, I think it's okay to say this, um, that as long as he was on those meds in, in, in a in a big way, or you could say in a a regular way, it limited his heights as well. Like so, it it kept him kind of at a a base level. It kind of kept him from going lower, but it also kept him from going higher. So he knew that he had to figure this out because he did not want to maintain a status quo for the rest of his life when he knew that joy and love and peace were possible. And the Bible said so. Um, and, and Jesus, his words were even, I want you to know the joy that I have. So he knew it was possible and I knew it was possible. So he knew that meds would be a short-term um, answer. And he was not stopping at that. And so therefore his determination helped me be determined. And, and yeah, it, it, it was just absolutely amazing. You mentioned about Believe, and uh, that's why we named our company Believe Crew, because when we started understanding how belief systems impact our lives, and I didn't even know they existed, <laughs> like, you know, just that, uh, and really just believing in people, right? And being, I mean, the combination of all the things believe means to us. But so your husband came from a place that is very common and just yeah. like, just you got to get through this, just pull up your boot. Like we got to do oh, this. Yeah. And you started with him on meds to get him a base level, but knowing that that's not where it was going to stay again, some of the kids were older at this point and out of the house. So did they come along with you on the ride or were they like, what are you guys into? Um, okay. So our older son was well on his way. Like he had his own life. He was going to law school at that time. And uh, so he didn't know the details, but he knew something was up. And our daughter, she was very much um, empathetic. She was, she was right where we were, you know, we got to figure this out. And meanwhile, she was going through her own stuff too, at that time. So I tell you, during those years, I, I lost weight. People say to me, Oh, Lori, your life is so easy. And you've got four adults that are this and that and four adult children that are this and that, and you know, you've done so well. Well, I tell you, we've been through the mill and nobody, nobody knows that. And it's not that um, we've hidden it, but we just, we just were focused on dealing with it. You right, know? And right. Yeah. And, uh, but we have learned so much. We have learned to create. Yeah. Uh, and it, he, like where he was by the, by his last year of university, he was literally creating his world. And um, I just want to tell you one, one little story uh, that was kind of cool. Just to just kind of the beginning versus kind of the end yeah. of his, his, you know, those that you just, that university journey. Um, in his last year, he was down in Wyoming going to university and 
finishing his engineering degree. And he was in his, he was sharing up um, his, his roommates. He had some roommates and he was in his last year. So, or his last six months. So he didn't really have a choice of who he could room with. So he was given just an opportunity. He was just given a room for six months, which was unusual at that time. But so he had these roommates that were, um, they were, um, uh, sound sound guys and so they had in the living room they had set up ten thousand dollars worth of equipment and sound equipment and so when Trent got there he's thinking oh my goodness are we into the party scene here or what but anyways um he called me one night and he said you know I'm going to study mom till about three this morning three in the morning and then I got to get up at five and do this this midterm and he said so send me good energy and so okay I will and so he, he says, I'll catch up on my sleep tomorrow night. So tomorrow night, the next night, he calls me at 830. And he says, Mom, you're never going to believe what is going on in this, this house. He said, there is like 30 people in my living room. The music, the sound system is just shaking the whole building. And here I am literally in my walk-in closet trying to get some sleep. And he's exhausted. And I said, Trent you know what to do. He says, yeah, I do. And he, so what he did, he told me after, he said, I just thank God for taking care of the situation. And he said, thanks father for taking care of the situation immediately. By the time he walked to the door of his room, he opened the door and people were filing out of his apartment and his buddy in an adjoining in a different room he opened the door he couldn't believe it he says i i just can't believe it all of a sudden the, the they said okay let's get out of here and they started leaving it was cool and he, he just absolutely knew that god would take care of it that is where his faith was at the end of his university term that's amazing yeah and, and, and I, I did mention this in the book too, um, but I might just mention it again um, for your viewers. At the end of his university term, um, he was kind of running out of funds, you could say. And he, he's used to calling the mom and dad bank, but uh, anyways, he just, he just, said, thanks God for sending funds to complete this so that I can do my purpose for my life. And so within a day or two, he would always, this, this happened many times, he would get an email saying, you got the scholarship, um, you know, like immediately 2,500 was in his account, you know, immediately, like that is the kind of level of belief he was at near the end of his, his term. And it wasn't a selfish thing. It, it, it was, uh, you know, this is an issue. Thanks for taking care of it um, so that I can do what I'm supposed to be doing and focusing on my purpose. And so he would have had to have inspiration. He would have had to have um, responded to inspiration that came, say, six months before to apply for these scholarships, right? So that's what I always say to my readers is, 
whenever you feel inspired to do something, when it feels light to do it, you feel moved to do something, when you have a gut feeling about something, respond. Do something. If it's picking up a phone, making a phone call, if it's sending somebody an email, just do it because you don't know down the road what will show up because of what you did six months ago. And there's a lot of people who feel that a lot of, see, one of the biggest challenges in, in the Christian world is they feel, we feel, I was raised feeling this way too, is that God doesn't care about the natural things. Like I've, I've heard that a lot yes. when, when, when we get that kickback and it's really hurt a lot of people to believe that. Yes. And it, it actually limits our faith when we do that, because what we're saying is because God cannot give us beyond what we believe. Right. So if we believe that God doesn't care about that, well, then he, he won't deal with that. He won't, be a part of that. So if we, I mean, so I guess for, for many Christians, you actually need more faith to be able to believe that because it's been, it's been really uh, a tough one for a lot of people. And we know the Bible teaches us that God takes care of the birds of the air. So why would he not take care of us? He right. takes care of their basic needs. So why wouldn't he take care of us? And I think the reason why we were raised with that thought process is because there was a selfish, um, they were worried about maybe the selfish uh, requests that we could make, but we have to remember, we have to believe it. Okay. I mean, I can say, I can ask God for $5 million, but do I believe it? obviously I wouldn't, I don't believe that. Like, so right, I mean, so, right, you know right, what I mean? So right, you've got to right. believe that's why your faith has to begin as a grain right. of mustard seed. Right. Yeah. This is very, um, this has been a very interesting process for me over the last 15 years because my mom died of cancer in 2006 and my husband's mom died of cancer, um, the year later. And, you know, we had been interested in and doing alternative things, um, you know, and so both of them had been kind of on the alternative side of things, but we were more into, um, you know, eating good food or trying alternative supplements. And we spent hundreds of dollars over the years in supplements. And then now with our family, we've turned completely to energy work and to, you know, trusting that God is, you know, interested in healing us according to our faith too. And when I think about some of the ways that I was stuck before, there were things I didn't want to believe to be true. And there's a verse in Proverbs, I can never remember if it's 1722 or 2217, but it says that a merry heart is like good medicine and sorrow dries up the bones. And my mom had dry bones. She had had rods put in her arms and the marrow came out as sawdust. And it was, I, that verse to me today is so clear and so simple, but 15 years ago, I couldn't understand the verse. I literally couldn't comprehend yeah. it because I didn't want to believe that she was so full of sorrow. And yeah. so part of this journey has been letting go of giving things meaning and letting go of the things I thought to be true. And even obviously, like you say, you know, judgment stops flow and so many things. And it's just like one little piece at a time, <laughs> I'll do one little piece at a time. It probably took me 10 years, maybe not quite 
to be willing to be ready to understand what that verse meant. And so when I see that for myself, I, I understand how it can be a challenge, you know, to truly believe because there's some things, there's some people that we know that we love. And if we, if we knew the truth or if we were willing to accept the truth, it might, it might cause pain. And that's really what I found for myself. Mm -hmm. Yes. So true. So true. And, and one thing that, um, I like, so even in this, this, this thought process that it's selfish to ask for, um, natural things, what stresses us out the most actually is the lack of, of, you could say the lack of money or the lack of, of whatever it is in our life. Um, so does it not make sense that if we didn't have to worry about that, that we could focus more on our purpose, our life's purpose. So, so when I ask for, uh, for something, um, it could, it could be for, a a betterment of somebody's situation. It could be um, whatever it is. I just know that if I ask for it and leave it in God's hand, then I'm no longer stressing about it. It's no longer an issue. If you can't pay your bills, that's a stress. And so then our focus, rather than being on our purpose, it's on those bills that you can't pay. It's on, it's on your somebody's relationship it's on say a court case it's on so to be able to leave leave things in god's hands is a liberation that is unspeakable really it's it's just absolute liberating to be able to leave it in god's hands and then we could focus on our purpose in life and and what god lays on our heart and the promises he puts on our heart we can focus on that and um, I mean, there is a danger of uh, maybe asking for uh, selfish requests and, and even believing that you're going to get it. But, you know, we have to remember that that does bring leanness to our soul. And the Bible tells us that because that, that happened to, to those in the Old Testament is that they, they made their request, but it brought leanness to their soul. So we have to remember that whatever we ask, or this is what I do. When I ask for something, I ask um, in such a way that I am thanking God for taking care of that situation so that I can focus on my purpose and that he would be glorified, not me. So it would be for his glorification. And I would add that on to whatever my request is. And then after you see it being realized, you're manifested, then you glorify him. You give him the praise. He gets the credit, not you, not me. He gets the praise and then it's a positive cycle. God loves it when, see, and that's the thing is, is, is God loves to be glorified, but it's not because, um, I don't believe it's because of, him, him having any selfish desires to be glorified but it's because he knows what it does for us he knows how we feel when we glorify him and it, when we live in that state of gratitude it it shifts our energy up 
um, our level of faith up. So, and just getting back to the bridging that um, metaphysical bridge between the energy world and the spiritual world or the Christian world, sorry, the energy world, they're both spirit, they're both spiritual. <laughs> but the, just the language part, we in the energy world, we call it um, increasing our level of consciousness, okay, to a higher level of consciousness. Whereas in the, the Christian world, we talk about increasing our faith. So they're both, they're both increasing our belief system. And the two sides, the two, you could say, um, it, a lot of Christians, I think, get a little bit leery about the energy world because they think of woo-woo, they think of, you know, I don't know what else, but really I've had someone ask if we, if it was witchcraft and yes, exactly. <laughs> I yeah. think we have people, you know, unfriending us and, um, and, and I'm like, I, I can't go back. You know, I am not interested in going back. Yeah, but... no. it, it's, you see, it's the, it's, that's fear. That's a mm. fear-based thought. Yeah. Witchcraft. Um, it, it Direct them to the Bible. Yeah. Direct them to the Bible. Say, if you call that witchcraft, it's about mm. trusting in, in God that he's going to take care of it, that he's going to take care of this situation. And... I just remember um, we had one family member that um, had a, a troubled husband and there was a court case going to happen. And, and I, I, I personally did not want him in jail um, because he had children and yet I did not want you know, yet I was worried about him being released because he could harm his wife. So I just, pray, I just prayed that God would take care of it. And you know what? He did an amazing thing. And, and even the lawyers involved, they had never even heard of what the settlement was before. They had never seen it before. And yet it was actually called a peace bond. And in Canada, we don't even hear like these lawyers didn't even hear about peace bonds. So he still had he had to, he still had the you could say the restraining order, but yet he didn't go to jail. So his kids didn't have to deal with their father in jail, and but yet he still had to go through all these programs like anger management and and he had to do a series of this. We couldn't have asked for anything, you know, better. It was just just amazing like and that you could say well that's a natural situation but you know what it's everything natural mental you could say physical mental and spiritual like they all affect they're all intermingled they all affect each other and if we've got uh, blocks that can affect our health yeah that so can, often yeah. You're reminding me of something that happened recently for someone that we were working with and she had a situation that she just really felt was almost impossible and she just did not know how to get out of it. And she didn't know if she could go through it. And it just really felt overwhelmingly impossible. And I remember asking her if she could believe that 
you know, it could be possible that there could be a miracle and like God could take the situation. And, and she was at the point where she really just could barely even believe that. Like it was just so set in stone. It was just going to happen. And, um, and then I remember asking like, well, how about we start with, what would it take for you to be willing to believe <laughs> or, or to have the courage to believe, you know, like something that's like, we got to go back a little bit. <laughs> You're not yes. at the point where you believe it can be possible. So we need to get you to the point of like, what will it take for, for you to believe it could be possible? <laughs> that's awesome. It sounds like you read my book. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And the amazing thing, which I knew I felt it. Like I've been in a place where I see the potential in people and I see the potential in what he could create. And I'm like, and I remember saying to her, like, I see this, I know you don't right now. And she left and I got a text from her two days later and something that we could not have created. We could have not thought to ask for, but we literally just left it in like the, what would it take stage? And, um, it, it was the most perfect solution that we could have never asked, thought to ask. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, so, and you know, yeah, like that question is powerful. What would it take? Because what that does is it, it opens a world of possibilities that, that like you say, that you never even thought of. Whereas if we, if we would say, you know, what would it, or say we, we believe a certain solution has to happen a certain, it has, this is the way it has to be solved. Well, that totally limits God. It, totally. it limits all possibilities. Mm-hmm. But whereas if we leave it open, yeah, and if we don't look for answers, like when we yeah. say, what will it take for this situation to be resolved? And don't look for answers. Yeah. Then that, that leaves God totally open. <laughs> to, to and it will be settled in the best way possible <laughs> i'm laughing yeah i'm laughing because it's so amazing and it's so awesome and i've seen it happen and yet i still find myself in those moments of like okay you know kevin and i trying to figure something out ourselves and forgetting to just say you know what would it take and being oh. totally available it's like we're like we ride that line of unbelief all the time oh, or where I our know. belief is just like so fragile it's like oh, i don't know if i can trust it this time you've said you know so much has changed with your family and i'm just assuming that your husband is now completely on board is that <laughs> yes um he still, I wouldn't call him like, he's still, yeah, he's very careful. I mean, but he's, yeah. he's definitely on board and he's because he's seen, he's seen a miracle happen. Right. And yeah. I would say like, he still hasn't, he still doesn't use the energy language though. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, but yes. he, his faith in God has his faith in, in has definitely increased, mm-hmm. yeah. but he's just kind of, you know what I mean? I totally know what you mean. Yeah. But <laughs> he, he just doesn't use that. He doesn't feel yeah. totally comfortable to use the um the laws of the universe language. I, I was very hesitant to different things at first. And I remember even um when we first so this is a couple of years ago, and I said to my husband and my sister-in-law, the two that are in belief crew with me, Kara, that you met. Um, and she has, by the way, given out your book quite a bit. Oh and uh, uh <laughs> <laughs> and so I I sat down with them and I said, something's missing. Like there's, and so we all decided that we were going to go, you know, kind of, and, and we'd all been coming from a Christian based perspective. She was actually in the ministry and it was like, what, what is this that we're missing? Cause something is still, and, um, 
when she first started to bring some things to me with, with a little different language, <laughs> I remember being like, that's for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it has taken a little bit for me to even get comfortable with some of the language, but again, a lot of the language is even in the Bible, but it's, yeah. it's how we interpret it. And so it's just been yeah. really interesting to go through the process ourselves and, and then our family transition. But let's just say you take the law of attraction or the law of vibration. Um, so that it, what that is, is, whatever you send out is what you get back or what, what you send out is what you attract back to you. Okay. That's the law of attraction. And a lot of people think that's woo woo, but you take Mark 11 and 24 ask, and these are Jesus words, ask, believe that you've already received it and it shall be yours. Well, that's the law of attraction right there. The law of vibration right there. And yet it's just a different language. Right, right, right. And so I think just fully stepping into that. So it sounds like um, it's amazing the transformation that's been made. And really, I'm very thankful for your book and the work that you've done to be able to combine the two, because <clears throat> I don't know of very many other books that have done that. And so I'm very thankful. I know there's an audible coming out, hopefully. <laughs> yes, Soon. I actually have that. Yeah, I've got, I've got them in my little the uploads downloads in my little hands right now. So I just have Very to exciting. Yeah. Get that on audible. Well, Let's I know see. that there'll be many that'll be excited about that. And then is there anything next for you in terms of where you feel called that God is leading you in this lane? Or are you, I know some of your other business work has been in personal development. Do you feel like you've been able to combine the two? I guess what's next. I don't feel, I don't really combine that. I, like, I know I, I really appreciate what you're doing, but we've got uh, some uh, franchises that we've got to kind of be still careful with. So we've, we've, I haven't really been able to combine the two. That's why I really appreciate what you're doing, that you've got that Liberty to do that. Um, I'm writing another book and it's, it's not as quick as the other one was. But there's been, um, yeah, it's just been very a very interesting journey and very, very interesting journey. Um, and even just writing the other book wasn't something that I had always, I had never thought I would write a book. It was never one of my life's goals. But I just remember just what we'd been through with Trent and getting to the other side and then I just like I mentioned this in the book as well in, in the introduction, just how this one young lady's one of our Christian friends, her face just kept popping into my head. And so I just started to make a long story short. I just started working with her and I knew that she would never know, be able to comprehend or, you know, the, this energy language. So I looked in the Bible to try and find verses that, because I knew it was there. I knew it had to be because th this is God, you know, this is tapping into what the energy laws that he has provided for our life, our healing and our living, you know, and, and living abundantly. So it's, it's been a, it's been a real journey. And when I I had a compilation of all these different energy laws that I worked with her and and then one day it just hey house um uh came across my computer screen well i remember asking god because it i just kind of got this 
well, I guess I was spending a lot of time um, helping people individually. And my husband was actually says, well, Lori, maybe you should, you know, kind of put something together and like, maybe not a book, but he, he didn't think of a book, but he thought just something that I could just send to people. So I wouldn't be taking all this time away from our business <laughs> is kind right. of where I was thinking. Right. But, so it was on my mind and it just, I didn't get peace. And so finally I said, okay, father, if you want me to write a book, please make it obvious. And that's my question. I do ask that question a lot. If I'm supposed to do this or that, please make it obvious. And usually something obvious will happen. And, and um, so, and sure enough, Balboa Press, a division of Hay House came right across my screen that afternoon. And it just went from there. So, I love it. So the second book, any teasers for us? Well, there's, yeah, it's actually kind of fun. It's, <laughs> I actually have a lot of, like, I'm having a lot of fun kind of working with it, playing with it. it it's not as a lot, as much scripture mm -hmm. um, as the, as the first one was. And um, yeah, but it's, it's the same. Very cool. Um, Very I, cool. I think I was going to ask you if you've ever heard of the book biology of belief by Dr. Bruce Lipton and there've been I know so Dr. Bruce Lipton. Okay. Like I've, I've actually met him. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, um, hadn't known anything. And I was just starting down the journey in different books from different people. I take little pieces of this and little pieces of that. And his book, The Biology of Belief, really explains how the church had to make a decision between, um, and I'm not super scientific, I don't understand this stuff very well, but between our bodies being a machine and our bodies being bodies of energy. And that explains a lot of why we've been avoiding the verses or reading the verses in terms of believing that they're energetic. So that's yeah. my, oh, um, interesting, interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll have to go pick that book up. Well, <laughs> you know, we are 99.9% .9 energy. Yeah, I know. Like after so, he explained it, I was like, whatever he just said, I believe all of that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so it was, books have made a huge impact in our ability to, um, you know, learn and, and grow. And the interesting thing too, for me has been when I've, um, you know, offered some suggestions or some thoughts to people and even some books and they've said, Oh, you need to be careful. You know, I, I just want you to be careful. And this, their carefulness actually comes from fear and worry, but yeah. the, the next thing that they will literally do, I've had this happen is they will hand me a book by someone that's, you know, maybe atheist, maybe, you know, not Christian at all. <laughs> even come from that perspective and they're like hey I was reading this great book and I'm like how come this one's okay <laughs> like, so well well and the thing is is that um the last few years through COVID has taught us a lot as well and if there hasn't been any growth and learning then I don't know what it will take <laughs> right it was an opportunity it was absolutely it was an, an opportunity, opportunity yep. to totally yeah dive deeper. Um, and we're all on our own journey. Like we're right. all on our right. own journey. Right. And, and like, I've had some people, some people in our Christian community reach out from all over the world um, that are kind of going struggling and going through some of the same things like anxiety or um, some challenges that they have that they, uh, they don't, they don't understand why it's there. But yet, so they're, they've, they've got, uh, they picked up a few gems from my book. And so they say, okay, well, based on what you know, how, how do you, how can you go back and, and, 
and you know have fellowship with say people that aren't on the same page or who are kind of stuck in tradition or or whatever and I said well you know you kind of go through this period where there's judgment okay like where this person particular person was is she was at a, a place of judgment at judging all the others who were judging her right and so it like oh completely right yes. is a mirror and and we see we're each other as we are so I say I was at that place at one point too where I'm looking around thinking oh my goodness all these people are judging well that's because I was I was at that place right so I was judging them for judging me but where I, I can honestly say where I am now is I am very much aware that, or what I, I'm very much aware that they are where they are because that's where they're meant to be at this stage in their journey. I love that. And so I can totally love them with compassion. And I'll say, okay, that's just where they are. That's just where they are. And that's where they, that's where they're supposed to be right now. I love that. And so like I, I, I love them. I love. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really, I really can, can be at, at a place of compassion right now for people where mm. they are. And that's so amazing. My husband um, has the line going through his head regularly. Now, whatever comes love that. And I'm yeah. like, you know, and so every once in a while I use it back at him, right? Like, like yeah. when there's something that comes up, it's like, whatever comes love that, you know, like, so, yeah. but absolutely yeah. it feels so much more like I I've said recently that unforgiveness is like cholesterol to the brain is how, kind of how I explain it. It's almost like it, it makes our, our thoughts fuzzy and clouded. And, you know, like you've said, judgment stops flow. And so the more that we embrace this love and this idea of truly loving mm-hmm. where we are and where others, where, where others are on their journey, um, it just, it totally shifts my entire body and being. <laughs> so right. I'm very thankful yeah. And one thing that I've come to discover is um, love, the, the love of God, or that it is an energy. It's an energy of love. It is a frequency. And so it's not just about us flicking a switch and saying, I love God. It's about moving upwards, our level of consciousness, our faith whatever language we want to use moving upward to that frequency of love. And, and when we do not feel that love anymore, or say we we're going through an experience where we do not feel that love. Well, that love is still at the same frequency, right? We just have moved down into right. a lower frequency. So we just have to start with gratitude again, give praise to God for all things, even the mm-hmm. sunset. Oh, that's my favorite. You know, like, <laughs> oh my goodness, we live on a hill. We live on a mm, hill. Jealous, we live in the woods. Oh, well, yeah. you got beauty. See, there's beauty there too, though. Yes, there is. There's but I do chase sunsets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You miss the sunsets. That's yeah. right. Yeah. But uh, every night, like if I'm in town, it's 4 30, like in the winter mm-hmm. at 4 30, I've got to get home before this yeah. so I can watch the sunset. I make yeah. it, I, you know, start supper while the, you know, sunsets. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I give glory to God for that. And, mm-hmm. Living in that state is, is just, um, yeah, it's liberating. 
Well, thank you so much, Lori. Is there anything else that you would love to share with our guests? I really appreciate your time today and everything that you've shared. And if nothing else, it was meant for me because there has just been so much here. Oh, thank you. Um, I just want to remind everyone that, um, that they're a creator. You guys are all our creators and whether intentional or unintentional. So we create our world around us based on our belief system, based on who we believe we are, based on what we trust in. Uh, so in, in my book, I do, I do mention how to intentionally create versus unintentionally. When we unintentionally create, we are victims. When we intentionally create, we are empowered. And uh, that's where I want to leave this today is you got this. Uh, I love it. Thank uh, you so much. Really, really oh, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie.